0: We need to understand that in communication, whether it's through our our lips or what we're typing and what we're posting, the Bible tells us that life and death are in the tongue. And there's two things that can happen from that. There's life that can take place from the words that we say, but it can also bring death and harm to others. Uh, just for instance, like if you look at the way that Snapchat works, like it's, it's short-lived and it's self-deleting. And if you look at what the Bible says about our words, and that is, words are actually the opposite of that. We remember them far longer than imagined, and they are not self-deleting, and they are more permanent and more powerful than we think. Welcome to Refuge Podcast, a weekly Bible study for young adults at Calvary Chapel, San Juan Capistrano. Chapter 12, Wisdom and Words tonight. We want to choose our words wisely, and there's a reason for that, uh, and and we're going to hopefully see that through the text this evening. So uh, let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word together. Uh, Lord, we just thank you so much for the time that we have to be in your Word together, and to pray, to worship, uh, to seek your to seek your face, and Lord, we're so thankful for your word. In that God, you have um, given it to us that we might find wisdom for our life and how to live our life and um, a life that glorifies you. And so, Lord, you've given us this wonderful gift of communication, of, of speaking, of words. And Lord, we want to use our lips, our our words to honor you and to bless you and to use them for what you've intended them for. And so, Lord, we want to heed the warnings that are found in your word and we want to glean from what you'd have to say to us tonight. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd speak to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Um, like we were saying, Proverbs is uh, a collection of thoughts. It's a collection of things, especially after chapter 10, it gets real difficult to teach verse by verse. And I applaud all of those men that are able to do it successfully. Um, I am not one of those men. So we've kind of taken Proverbs by topic. And so we've gone through, I think it was um, wisdom, uh, the way of wisdom or how to become wise. We looked at wisdom as, uh, in our heart. And that was a few weeks ago, looking at our heart and how to make sure that we're wise with what's coming into our heart. And that's usually the gateway is through our eyes and what we hear. It makes its way into our heart and our soul. Um, and then our mouth actually will proclaim and show us what's inside of our heart. And so, um, Proverbs is this collection of wise words written by Solomon and we are shaped the Bible is telling us that we are shaped by words. Our words can change someone's life and perhaps may, may have already done that. Maybe some of your words has changed someone's life. That's always the hope of every pastor, youth leader. Like, I hope my words change this young man's life. <laughs> um to no avail. But you know, maybe there's been words that have been spoken to you that have changed your life and really you've held on to those things. But not just words that you've spoken out of your mouth, but think about how much we communicate nowadays through text, through email, through you know, your Instagram posts, through your um through social media, through um LinkedIn, is that like a thing? Uh, your Snapchat or whatever, uh, your blog post that you wrote that you were like so proud of. You're like, yeah, I just blogged about this thing right now. It's like blogging and blog blogged. And um, you should check out my blog. I blogged about it. Um, maybe you know, your blog post has, has gone off the rails and you're like famous now because of your blog. God bless you. But the thing about communicating through social media is that uh, it can be deceptive. And not just by like some filter that's put over you that make you look cuter than you really are or skinnier than you really are, which I don't think they've made that app yet and I'm looking for it. Um, but there's like all of these, there's deception within it because it creates this picture of distance within social media. It creates this idea that we're far apart. And so it creates this facade in which I can say things that I, I may not say to your face, but I feel comfortable saying at a distance through some kind of media, hoping that it won't hurt or sting as bad. But the thing about a text, if you've ever gotten one, and it was meant in sarcasm, and you read it, and you're like, you read it as something that was not sarcastic, but you really took it to heart, and you're like, wow, that was extremely rude. Like it was meant to be a joke, but you can't sense tone, you can't sense body language, it's just like, you it's such a a dull like force and and so we need to understand that in communication whether it's through our, our lips or what we're typing and what we're posting the Bible tells us that life and death are in the tongue and there's two things that can happen from that there's life that can take place from the words that we say but it can also bring death and harm to others uh, just for instance, like if you look at the way that Snapchat works, like it's it's short-lived and it's self-deleting. Um, <laughs> and if you look at what the Bible says about our words, and that is words are actually the opposite of that. We remember them far longer than imagined and they are not self-deleting and they are more permanent and more powerful than we think. They don't just self-delete and like, oh, we forgot about what someone, you know, just insulted us with. They stick with us. And that is because God created them to be that way. After all, God is a speaking God. He communicates and by that communication, he reveals who he is. Jesus would often follow up a miracle that he performed with a message that would go behind it to Again, convey who he was and to help us to understand and reveal. And it would reveal more of the character of God to us. It would would reveal to us that Jesus was the Savior of the world. And so think about how words have impacted your life. Because words leave an impact and they are also identifying. Think about how words have impacted your life. Words like, you made the team. Or you made... The band in, you know, you were the drummer in the marching band or whatever, and you're like stoked on that. Or um, perhaps words that have left the lasting mark, uh, like, you know, I'm so proud of you. Oh, man, that feels so good. Like, I'm so proud of you from your parents. Or maybe there's other side of it that's left a more lasting mark, like, uh, you are fired, and uh, we've never seen a worse job performance. Or I'm not mad. This is my least favorite one. (laughs) Like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, (laughs) like I remember my mom saying that and like just I rather her scream and like be upset. But when she's like, I'm just disappointed. You're like, I can't take this. You know, we all know that's so much worse. Or you maybe you heard this one. It's not you. It's me. And you're like, I know it's me. If anyone if it's anyone, it's me. I invented it's not you. It's me. You know, and you go all Costanza on them. But that's because words are impactful. They leave an impact on us, but they're also a revealing of an identity. As you look at the whole book of of Proverbs, we see words like, uh, and through the whole book of Solomon's trying to tell us that words leave an impact, but they also are, are revealing something about ourselves. Phrases like the words of the righteous, or the words of the wicked, or the way of the wise, or the words of the fools. Like there's this identifying someone who they are by the way that they speak and what's coming out of their mouth, or what they're posting or what they're talking about. This is revealing an identity. So the question moving forward as we work through the text is, how do my words affect others? And what do my words reveal about the condition of my soul? Um, And we're going to be... In chapter 12, but we're really pulling from the collection of, of the book of Proverbs from all different parts because Proverbs has a lot to say about what we say, which is funny to say, 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 say. It, it has a lot to say about the words that we use because words have the power to destroy. If you think about it, words have the power to destroy friendships They have the power to ruin a reputation. They have the power to ruin a marriage or even split a church. But on the other hand, you can also bring life into someone by encouraging a friend through words or building up a church in in exhortation, influencing your workplace by the, the attitude and the things that you say in that workplace. It can bring clarity to a relationship. Your words can create. And so it's either like we read in the beginning or said in the beginning, Proverbs 18 says in the tongue is both life and death, depending on how you use it. So the question is, is why should we care? Why should I care about the words that I use? After all, I live in a free country and I have the freedom of speech and I can say whatever I want, right? right right that's that's kind of like where we're at right now like i can say whatever i want i lo- that's one of my favorite ones where my wife's like andrew and i'm like no i can say whatever i want like it's rare that i claim this liberty but i'm like no i i have the freedom of speech now although we have freedom of speech we also have been given self control and so often the things that we do say are it's even more powerful the things that we don't say. And I think Christian liberty also is seen in this. Like people are like, I can eat meat and you know that whole argument that Paul had in going on in Corinthians. Uh, in the church in Corinth, like where don't eat meat sacrifice to idols. And he's like, listen, we have liberty. We have freedom in Christ. And I think a lot of people think, look, I have freedom in Christ. I can say whatever I want. Yes. But you also have the freedom to stay silent, right? When you've ever been arrested, I don't, when you've ever been arrested, if you've ever been arrested, um, which I have not been arrested, thank God. But right. One of the rights that we have is you have the right to remain silent. You have the right to remain silent. In the same way that we have Christian freedom to say what we want to say, and we have the freedom to proclaim the gospel and say it wherever it needs to be said, we also have been given the gift and the freedom to be quiet. And I say that because once you say it, you cannot get it back. And I have experienced this on a regular basis um, where you say something and you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't said anything. Like, and I can't get that back. It's like um, toothpaste and the tooth, you know, when it comes out of the tube, you can't put it back. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. It's true. But the, the words that we use, listen, why should we care? Why should we care? Back to our study. Why should we care about the words that we use? Number one, it's because your words can damage. Your words can damage. And this is what Proverbs is communicating and why we need wisdom when it comes to our speech. And the language that, that Proverbs uses and scripture uses to paint the picture of the power of our words is that it's, it's a poison. The Bible says it's a fire. Um, It's war. I mean, like it's depicting like these really strong um, using these really strong words to help us to understand the power of the, the, the words that we, that we say and the words that we write, or it's actually likened to physical harm. Look at Proverbs 12, 18. It says, there is, one, there is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Now, I'm going to read it in the ESV because Zach's here and he only speaks in ESV. So it says that there is one, like he says words are like a sword. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, that's a really strong picture of words, right? It's like sword thrusts. Words can be like a dagger, he's saying, that it, it pierces through the skin. But when it's removed, the wound is, is left. There's a wound that's open. It's it's created this opening where, where someone is severely wounded. You can remove the weapon, but the wound is still there. I'm going to tell you a little story about a knife. When I was a kid, My dad used to give me knives all the time. Pocket knives. I had Swiss Army knives. I had Spyderco knives. Like a serious shoebox full of different knives. And I was like 10, 11. I had a a serious collection of knives. Now, word to the wise, maybe you'll find this in Proverbs somewhere, is you should not give an 11-year-old pocket knives because they will stab things. Now, my friend Greg was holding a pocket knife over my face while I was laying down. And and I was like, dude, I don't wanna move. So I took a pillow and I hit the knife with a pillow. He then proceeded to let go of the knife, which then flung across the room and safely landed into the love handle of my Uruguayan friend named Marcio. Now, I am not making this up. You can't make this up. I have a kid. I have a friend from Uruguay. And the knife went right into that juicy, like soft spot on his side, right into his love handle. And he was like, ah! <laughs> it pierced. And we're like, it's cool. It's cool. And we pulled it out. Man, this is terrible. I shouldn't tell you this story. Anyway, it left a hole inside of Marcio. But the person that, it, that a word goes forth like a dagger... Meaning that the knife goes in, and when it is removed, the weapon can be removed. But the wound is still there. It's like when you tell someone, like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, I take it back. It's like you redrawing the sword out and saying, like, I didn't mean it. And they're like, it's cool, it's cool. But what's left is this gaping hole that person, <laughs> like they're losing blood because of the decision that you made to say what you say. The person is left in pain. But also left later with the scar of it all, and while the other person moves on with no thought of what they said. However, the impact is still made. So it's strong language that he's using about the the sword. A rash word is like a sword thrust. And you see, you you cannot take it back. Once you say it, out it's out there. It's like you saying, like, I think you're the dumbest person on earth. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I take it back. And they're like, oh, don't don't even worry about it. I had no thought of the way that you just screamed at me and called me and insulted me in that way. Like, that's no big deal. Words are like, uh, later the the proverb will say that words are like unleashing a weapon. And the wound is carried a lot longer than a physical wound. Think about, like, when I was a kid, I got kicked in the face and punched, and like all these things happened. I don't remember them, nor do I'm like the trauma of being hit in the face. Like, oh no, I just really trauma. But I can remember things that people said to me. Being a large kid with red hair, I'm a target for insults. Like, and, and just like in and, and the insult state, like we would fight because of the things that they would say about me, right? We would throw down. But the, and I wouldn't remember like how, how hard like I got hit in the face or kicked or whatever. I would remember like, man, that was super mean what they just said. And so wounds are like unleashing a weapon and they last a lot longer than the physical wound itself. And so we need to be careful and use wisdom with our words. And it sounds like a, like a childish like lesson, but you think about the things that adults say to each other and you're like, oh my goodness. Like this is a lesson that goes far beyond just childhood, like speak nice things, you know, like be nice to one another. Like this is something that's coming from the heart of people and it's being unleashed upon others with no thought of how it's affecting them. All their thinking is, is like, I feel better because I got it off my chest. Think of all of the times where you're like, yes, I finally get to say the thing that I wanted to say to this person and I said it and it just destroyed them. And I feel so good that I finally did it. And you walk away and you're like, man, that was evil. That was wicked. I shouldn't have said that. However, the impact is still made, even if you withdraw it. And so we need to be wise with the things that we say. Not only does it hurt us personally, but it also it can hurt um, one another. Think about this in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28, when we talk about, um, it doesn't just hurt us personally, but it hurts those around us. It says in Proverbs 16, 28, um, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. In Proverbs 12, 19, it says, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Gossip and lies, they hurt us relationally, so not just personally. They, uh, do, do words hurt each other and harm one another? But they hurt us relation relationally as we gossip and lie. And just think about lying for a second. If you've ever lied to someone that you trust or, or that you loved or trusted, and so you you lie to them, what's the first thing that goes out the door? And that, that's trust. They don't trust you anymore because you lied. So from then on, everything that you say is seen through this kind of lens of like, are they being truthful to me? Are they actually saying something that's truthful or or are they lying? So the, the trust has kind of been lost, but not only lies, but gossip. And this is one that's really difficult because gossip, when it's done about us, we're furious, right? When someone gossips about you, you're like, I can't believe it. I want the fires of heaven and hell to consume like these people. Like how dare you say that about me? Or when someone gossips about your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, you're like, that's it. I'm going to war. Like I'm totally justified. But when we gossip, we're like, ah, it's complicated. Like it's complicated with me. I'm a work in progress. You know, (laughs) like I'm trying, but I'm not great. You know, it's funny. Like even today, I was like telling Zach, like, Oh, man, gossip and all this stuff. And I'm like, did you hear about? It? And it was like, I just did it. It's it's so ingrained in us. Think about it. When someone lies, trust goes out the window. But gossip harms the one you speak about and the one that you speak to. When someone comes to you and begins to vent, right? And they're like, I just need to vent. And so they're just unleashing these horrible thoughts about another person who's not in the room, and even if it's true, gossip is defined as the spread of unfavorable information, even if that information is true or exaggerated. And so when someone comes to you and begins to vent and unleash about someone, uh, our response should be, wait, hold on, have you talked to them about this? Because if you haven't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Because if you don't stop it, what you're doing is giving permission for gossip to thrive. And if gossip thrives, it will destroy us. It will destroy us. And you've seen it. We've seen it. We've heard it. Or maybe we've been a part of it. Where we've heard a rumor or we've heard gossip and we've passed it along later to find out that it wasn't true. And you cannot get it back. It's really difficult and it's something that we need to guard against and be careful with the way that we talk about each other because gossip will thrive. Proverbs says, where there is no wood, there is no fire, right? If we're not fueling this thing, if if gossip is thriving, it's because someone is fueling it. It, Someone is is causing it to continue and if we stop it at us, I don't want to hear it. At least we're not part of the problem. We're part of the solution. Gossip is defined as the spread of unfavorable information. So may we be those that are careful about what is being said. Is it true? Or is it being exaggerated? Or is the person even in the room? If they're not there, odds are it's probably gossip. And so we need to be careful about what we say. Listen, the writer of Proverbs also tells us that we gossip not because we care about a person but because we hate them in our heart remember we're being the words that we use are identifying what's inside of our heart jesus said in matthew 12 that your words will be held at judgment every idle word will be brought before and judged and you will either be justified by your words or you will be condemned by them what you say what you text what you write it matters. It matters because words live on. Words live on. Martin Luther was once said, if you want to change the world, pick up your pen and write. And he did. And it changed the world. That's why we're doing what we're doing today. But we need to be careful about what we're saying. Um, uh, When we do it, it's like not a big deal, right? We think it's not a big deal. We justify what we're doing. But when it's done about us, man, it's so harmful and it hurts. There's a Jewish proverb that goes like this. What you don't see with your eyes, don't witness with your mouth. Oh, that was a good one. I like that. What you don't witness with your eyes or what you don't see with your eyes, don't witness with your mouth. Meaning if you didn't see it, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. You're trying to do that with a movie like you haven't seen it and you're trying to – yeah, it's totally cool. When the thing – when the thing – so you're trying to fill in gaps, right? Because you're trying to pretend that you know what you're talking about. You do that with gossip. You fill in gaps to the story that you don't know about and so what happens is that person takes it as truth. Truth and they believe it and they pass that on. And so the story – you guys ever played the game Telephone? We played one time at a youth retreat and it got real funny real fast because someone along the line just decided to go their own way and say whatever they wanted and it got real weird and real funny. But it's the same thing. It's this passing along and the, the stories get changed or things get exaggerated and people add to it and suddenly the story doesn't even resemble what we, what we thought it would do. We need to crush gossip if we're going to um, survive in um, in this world. Why? Why do we need to do this? Why? Why is gossip such a big deal? Why do we need to stop it at the source? Because it damages our soul. It damages our soul. Proverbs eighteen eight. Let's look at that verse real quick. Proverbs eighteen eight. If you want to write these down, I know it's a little kind of scattered. We're kind of all over. But that is Proverbs has so much to say about words and what we how we talk. So Proverbs 18, I believe it's verse 8. It says, the words of a bearer, ta- Hold on. There's a glitch. The words of the tailbearer are like tasty trifles. And they go down into the inmost body. It's interesting. When you hear that, that little bit of gossip, it's like a little sweet morsel that just all the way down, just so warm. And you're like, oh, I know something. And as you begin to say it, the subtext to gossip is, I'm not like this. Right? So you're like, oh my gosh, they, they put cream in their coffee, which entails that you don't Put cream in your coffee now there's no condemnation in christ if you do that there's you know cream is whatever but but we all have these little things where they're like oh my gosh they didn't pray before they eat did you know that so and so actually <laughs> like lied on their on their profile that they're not a what a, it just whatever your mind can go to i can't even think of anything at the moment but we try and like what the subtext is to gossip is I'm not like that. And so gossip is actually why it's tasty and why we enjoy it is because it builds ourselves up and it makes us feel good about ourselves. And that's why the writer says it's like a tasty morsel. But look at where it goes. It doesn't just stay here on the lips. It goes all the way down. It affects the soul of a person. It damages the soul. It hurts the soul. It's not only skin deep. and We need to guard against it. We need to be careful because our words can harm not only us personally, but it hurts us relationally with others. Now that is the bad news of it all, but there's good news as well. And we're going to have part two of this study next week um, as we look more into our words and what we say. And so part two will be the good stuff, like how we can use our words to bless and encourage and build up. And um, and the reason that Christ has given us this gift of, of language, of speaking, of words, it was mutilated by sin and it's been twisted. It's been changed and God redeems it back by his son and the death of Jesus upon the cross. And so next week we're going to hear the good news. The good news of, of, um, I know. Sorry to like, just drop all that on me. Like, stop gossiping. Stop being a loser. Uh, (laughs) And stop trying to make you feel. You know, like. But seriously, think about like, why do people leave churches? Like, we're just gonna, we're just gonna. Why do you think a lot of people leave churches? Because people are gossiping about them, and they're like, there's no way to repair it, and so they're like, I'm just gonna leave it's just easier for me to go or whatever or you get caught gossiping and you're like that's not what i said and you're trying to backpedal and all this stuff like dude imagine like what refuge would look like like what the young adults group would look like if gossip disappeared i know so many kids like i've ah man Who've been like, or they think that people are gossip, gossiping about them. Like they're that self-absorbed that they think that everyone's talking about them. They're like, no one's talking about you. I don't know if you know this, but no one cares. <laughs> like you're not, <laughs> you're not all that if that's even a thing anymore. All that and a bag of chips. Like you're not all that. Like come on, everyone's talking about me. No, they're not. They're all concerned about themselves (laughs) and we're all concerned about ourselves. So we're not talking about you. We're actually just always thinking that someone's talking about us. And so we're trying to cover ourselves up and trying to like hide and pretend and imagine what our church would look like if we stopped gossip right at the door and said, have you talked to that person about it? Then I don't want to hear it. That might create a really awkward conversation, but hey, it's totally worth it. Think about the the disaster and like the way that scripture paints gossip and says it's a fire it's war like when you when you choose to gossip about someone you're like i don't care I'm just, what you're saying is we're going to set this all on fire and we're going to watch it burn i don't care you're using your freedom as a way to abuse others and man that talk about talk about backwards christ has given us speech he's given us the gift of communication in this way in order to bless God, to glorify God, and to bring others the message of the gospel, so I think it goes back to the Tower of Babel. It might go all the way back, like creation story: God created man; He spoke it all into existence; it created good, and then He at, at Tower of Babel it all in crazy. We're, we'll get into it next week. Make sure you tune in um, next week for part two, part two. part deuce of, of words. It was meant to be one, but you know, you know how it goes. I get vamping. Zach's here. If I was by myself, we would go straight, but Zach's here, so I get all goofy. But um, yeah, so be on guard this week. Odds are you're going to have a sweet opportunity this week to gossip. And when you see it, right, your words identify who you are. So when you start gossiping, what does that make you? A gossip. A gossip. That's right, <laughs> a talebearer, a sinner, just like the rest of us. Uh, and so we repent, we confess to the Lord. One last story. There was a woman who went to her pastor and told him that he, she had a problem with gossip and she would like to stop. And so he told her to go home, open up one of her pillows, to take the feathers out of those pillows And to go to each house around the neighborhood of someone that she had gossiped about. And so she did. She went around to each door and she put a feather on every door that she had gossiped about or heard a rumor about and passed that information along. And she went back to the pastor and she said, I did it. Like, now what? And he said, now I want you to go and pick all of those feathers back up. And she said, it's impossible. Last night, there was, it was like windy and they're all over town now. How am I going to go pick them up? And the pastor said, exactly. Your words, they're out there. There's no picking them up. And so be careful with what you say and who you say it about. Because it doesn't just damage them. It is damaging you. And it's revealing to us what's in our heart. And Jesus said, when, when you see it, when our heart is revealed, The fool will continue on, but the wise person will come and confess and ask for forgiveness and to fall at the the feet of Jesus at the cross and say, God, I'm a sinner. Save me. Redeem my, my words. Help me, Lord, to control the things that I say. And so this is something, this is not just like instinctual overnight. This is a learned discipline. This is a learned discipline that, man, I, I really want to learn, and I really want to control the things I say. Um, and that's why live video is so terrifying, because you never know what you're going to say, and you're like, oh, that was a stupid thing to say. Um, and saying that it was a stupid thing to say is a stupid thing to say. So let's pray and get out of here before I say dumb things. All right. Lord, we just thank you so much for your word and the encouragement that it is, Lord, to to take into account the things that we say, and to understand the power of them—what um, we text, what we blog about, what we um, what we post about, Lord, those are all words, and they can be used for for good and they can be used for evil. Like your word says, that there is um, that life and death are in the tongue. And so, Lord, like James tells us, that if we can bridle the tongue, if we can control this little member inside of our body, if we can control that, then we can. We will be blameless in everything else. And so, Lord, help us to guard our lips. And, um, and Lord, we just want to give your Holy Spirit control in that area of our life to be careful about the things that we say and be careful about it. And, and, Lord, bring it to our mind, even as it leaves our mouth. Lord, would you just convict us by the Spirit uh, stop or or to repent and and to bring it before you so so Lord we love you and we thank you in Jesus name a